0: Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. everyone. Welcome to my show, Up Startup Podcast, a podcast to spotlight Asian entrepreneurs and interesting allies that I meet in my life. This is your host, Priyanka Komla. And as you guys know, in our podcast, we spotlight world class and Asian entrepreneurs, C suite executives, and leaders who provide insights and wisdom from your personal journey to inspire you. And today I have with me a very special guest, Preeti Suri, who's joining us from Washington State here in the US. Hi, Priyanka. Hi, Preeti. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, I'm excited to be here.
0: Thank you, Preeti. And, Preeti is a traveler. She's an adventurer and an entrepreneur. She's the CEO of Adventure Tripper, where adventures are designed by real people. That sounds like a very interesting concept, Preeti. Thank you. Yes, it's in a, in a nutshell, I'm living the dream. <laughs> we'll delve a little bit more about her dream and advice that she would give to Asian entrepreneurs. Now, let me give you a brief insight about who Preeti is. She's such a fascinating person who has different dimensions to herself. She's traveled to 30 countries and been on photo expeditions across the world. She moved to Seattle three years ago, and she's been an avid hiker and a climber. She's climbed four out of five Washington volcanoes, including Mount Rainier, within her first year of hiking and climbing. That's super fascinating. (laughs) And her past lives include being an accountant, a consultant, and an investment banker for over 15 years. She's a qualified CPA, and she's lived and worked in 10 cities across three different continents, and never thought she wanted to she wanted to settle down in one place until moving to Seattle. And here we are. we've made her sit and talk to us on a podcast. so that's a that's a huge uh, endeavor for us. So thank you so much, Preeti, for again being on our show.
1: No, absolutely. thanks for all those uh, kind words. Yes, it was hard for me to settle down in one place, but after I moved to Seattle it it felt like it
0: felt like home, uh, a feeling I've never had before this. So yeah, here I am. <laughs> That's awesome. So the three key topics that we'll discuss in our Career Up Startup podcast with Preeti Suri, the CEO of Adventure Tripper, is one, leadership lessons from Preeti's hiking and adventurous journey. Two, challenges and advices that she would give as an Asian entrepreneur. Three, how do you lead a successful travel startup amidst COVID? So <laughs> these are the three exciting topics that we're super excited and thrilled to share. Now, Preeti, let me start with this. Tell us about your childhood. I know. You grew up in Hyderabad, in India, and you have home all over. So tell us about where did you grow up and the legacy that you have uh, from your grandparents as well in terms of hometowns. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah,
1: initially I used to struggle to answer the question. In India, it was typical to ask people, so where are you from? I would struggle to answer that because my grandparents were actually refugees from Pakistan during partition and they had settled, both maternal side and paternal side, and they had settled after the partition um, in uh, Maharashtra uh, in a city called Pune, very close to Mumbai and my parents had moved to Hyderabad for work. So my grandparents started from scratch as refugees and my parents were pretty self-made. They moved to Hyderabad for work and which is where I was born and raised. So pretty much born and raised in Hyderabad, but roots are somewhere in uh, Punjab prior to partition uh, in Pakistan. Um, That's where I'm I'm from. But yes, like I said, that's where I grew up, but then I've lived um, across the world. (laughs)
0: Now. If you look at your professional journey, you started as an accountant, then became an investment banker. How did you pivot into being an adventurer? Sure. Um, so I think becoming an
1: accountant, um, it happened at a really early stage. So I um, I actually started pursuing chartered accountancy in India at a very young age, right after my high school. And I was doing it alongside my undergrad for no better reason than the fact that it was one of the toughest exams to pass. So that challenge um, was what got me into it. And I passed those exams. I was a chartered accountant at a very young age, but I soon, very soon found out that that was not my calling. (laughs) But I kept, um, it was great still because I got to work with the big four accounting firms, solid grounding and analytics. But they also kind of gave me many different roles. Every year I would go back and say, I want to go to my MBA move to the industry, but they kept throwing interesting challenges at me. And I ended up doing multiple roles, even within the big four accounting firms, ranging right from strategy to business development, to setting up teams, to setting up an offshore uh, practice, which was great experience and is, is really coming in handy now while setting up my while working on my own, building my own startup. Uh, But at one point, after five to six years, I I grew pretty fast within the firms. I finally decided to uh, go pursue my MBA. But at that point, and I went to NCR for my MBA, but I got only as adventurous as moving from accounting to banking. Um, There, again, I was on a global leadership program, so I was rotated to different businesses. Um, And again, that experience is, again, immensely helpful uh, for different aspects of my startup and setting it up and running it. Um, But the second time I took a career break uh, for my son, when my son was born, I was like, this time I'm not making the same mistake. This time I'm going to do something that I'm really passionate about. I've always wanted to build a business and I really thought hard about um, what should it be that I want to work on? What is it that I want to build? And it has to be something that I'm passionate about. And that's how Adventure Tripper came about.
0: That's a perfect segue to know more about your passion. So your <laughs> passion for travel yeah. and then entrepreneurship, based on the leadership experiences you've gained through your professional journey and having you know professional an MBA under your belt, that led to Adventure Tripper. Uh-huh. And if you look at Adventure Tripper; it's a place where adventures are designed by real people. It's not like you're sitting inside a bus getting a tour of the place. You're really yeah. out there in the field and you know hiking a mountain, you know climbing a volcano. You know, these are real life adventures, right? And you're someone who believes that the future of travel is adventure trip, you know, is adventure based travel. So tell us a bit about how you're living your dream and the future of travel. Yeah, no, definitely. so
1: the whole thing started because I was like, so what is the, you know, what is the problem? And as a traveler, as an avid traveler, and I've always been on, um, you know, more specialized expeditions, so either on, um, specifically on photography trips, and I realized how hard and how difficult it was to find the local guides and operators to go with just because of the way the search engines operate, right? Um, they show you results local to where you're searching from rather than at your destination. And it takes hours and weeks and sometimes even months to do the research, to find the right trip to go on, put together the whole trip, and find the right people to go with as well. It's the Part of the issue is also that your search results are sort of hogged by the large uh, companies and the large store operators who have the resources to invest in digital marketing and show up in your search results. The smaller local guides don't. So I sort of set out to solve that problem and build a marketplace just like an Expedia or a TripAdvisor where it should be easy for people to find prepackaged adventure Um, you know, travel or adventure trips, where everything has been thought through, the research has been done for you, and you can discover the local guides and operators um, through that easy platform rather than having to spend such a long time trying to find them, and yet you won't discover them, right? And we do this, and while we do this, we provide a level playing field to the local guides and operators as well. So we're building this marketplace and we're building it category by category to appeal to people who are passionate about a particular activity. So hiking is the, the category that we have sort of launched towards. So hiking, trekking, and climbing trips, but we will very soon um you know roll out cycling category and then kayaking and so on and so forth. Um but we want to you know make adventure travel accessible to Everybody as well, there's so many barriers, which I personally first time faced as somebody coming from Asia, right? You don't, you've not grown up in a culture of outdoors. It can be intimidating for beginners to get outside. So we wanna uh, provide accessible adventure travel to people who are beginners who've never done it before, to people who are looking for something specific, have the experience, want to take their experience and skills and gear internationally. So just wanna be the place to go to for uh, for active adventure travel. So that's sort of, you know, what um, we're building. I'm not sure if that kind of answers <laughs> your question.
0: Can't hear. You're in mute, Pranka. That's fascinating, uh, Preeti. Thanks for that reminder. You know, two things that really stand out for me, Preeti, is one, the concept of adventure tripper, you know, there are many aspects to it. It's simple, you know, it's affordable. And you're doing it with a set of like-minded people yeah. who are here to help you overcome you know, your fears or barriers as part of your cultural upbringing. And two, you know, as somebody who loves to hike, I went through that same experience, You know, being new in this country and haven't grown up in the concept of outdoor hiking. When I went to my first hike, I was like, OK, I need some hand-holding in terms of the gear that you need and you know, how do you really you know, put your fitness into practice. And it was really enjoyable. I had a set of people who love the concept of hiking and hiking and are willing to help each other and yeah. you know that's how i i started loving hiking and uh, you know uh, it's something that you do as a uh, as a detox as a cleanse for yourself uh, for your emotional well-being too
1: yeah no absolutely and like i said i, I first felt the barriers but also the benefits of you know how transformational um being outdoors can be um I, we were talking just before the uh the interview started that when I stopped nursing my son three years ago, I was 60 pounds over, no stamina, you know, no energy, uh, faced with postpartum depression. That's when I started hiking, and the outdoors mm-hmm. came uh, to my rescue, and it was it was absolutely transformational for my mind, body, and soul. And and which is why I want to bring it to you know everybody and make it accessible to everybody because of how transformational it can be for everyone.
0: And I'm glad you have this concept of inclusivity because, as a new mom myself, I can feel you know what you must have gone through you know having a toddler and taking time for yourself uh, to really put your self care uh, as a top priority, which is what we were initially talking about as well. Yeah. No,
1: absolutely.
0: Now, tell me this, Preeti. As an Asian, what are some of the challenges you faced as an entrepreneur in the startup arena?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um... As a nation, as a person of uh, color, as a woman, as a middle-aged woman, mother to a toddler, (laughs) trying to build an adventure travel company, um, I do get a lot of the times as to, does she even know what she's doing? I mean, she has no business being in this business. But um, I think to put things in perspective, typically, uh, it's very positive. I mean, when we were building, so we built the product, we built the website, and then when we were building the supply side, um, so working with guides and bringing the, the best you know, trips, curating the trips and identifying and vetting the best guides all over the world pre, pre-COVID, where we were looking for international, we were going only after international trips. I did not, to be honest, face that uh, in South America or Asia, all the operators or Africa that we were talking to and onboarding, but... During COVID, unfortunately, when I started trying to work with um, some of the American operators here in Oregon and Washington, that's when I got a lot of that. Um, I had my workaround in terms of, um, so on one side, there's people like that who uh, I have probably not used to seeing somebody who's not like them in the outdoors industry. In fact, even women feel excluded a lot here in the the outdoors um, community or the space. I kind of had a workaround because there's so much going on. I've got a toddler. I'm building a startup. It's just, you know, so much that my workaround has been, on the other hand, I have this extremely supportive community. Like you said, the hiking community is so supportive. It's been the same here. They are the ones who are basically powering Adventure Tripper right now, as I always love to say. Um, I found a lot of support. And uh, I have my teammates who are pretty multicultural from all over the world. Um, Three of them are, are Americans. And so I get help from my teammates, my advisors. I get my business development, um, you know, uh, teammate to go talk to the guys. Then, so that's my workaround. But in the longer term, you know, I want to uh, prove and show show it to them that. It, it, it is not anybody's exclusive territory. it's for everybody, and those personal experiences kind of make me always very conscious and mindful of uh, making sure everybody feels uh, included. It is for everybody, uh, and it will equally benefit everybody. So there's no reason why it shouldn't. It should be out of access for for anyone at all. So yeah, I get I get some of that
0: <laughs> as an as who I am and what I'm trying to do. Well, I love the attitude that you have in terms of making travel industry a level playing field because you need people from different ethnicities different diversities to come into this playing field so you can create rich enriching experiences for people right Um, that's very important Absolutely. And which is I'm very conscious, whether it is
1: um, in terms of, you know, building my team that I always make sure that we have a very diverse team. It is gender balanced. In fact, I always joke a lot of the times that I have to make sure it is gender balanced on the other side because I tend to attract a lot of women. I try to make sure we have enough men in our team. Uh, Similarly, um, you know, when we reach out for our distribution channels, when I reach out to communities or influencers or whoever we're working with, I'm always mindful that we're reaching out to a very representative, um, you know, group of people and not just a particular, um, not just minorities, like everybody, it is for everybody. So we are pretty conscious of that in whatever we do.
0: As a leader, it's very important to have that conscious mindset. Now, let me ask you this, Preeti, you have have faced a lot of ups and downs as part of being a CEO of a travel startup. What mm-hmm. is one advice that you would give to Asian entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one advice would be, I mean, there's so, so many things to talk about, but one uh, advice and which is sort of also related to my last um, you know, response about the challenges I faced as an Asian entrepreneur, focus on the positives, right? Feed off of the positive energy. Like it is very easy to, start thinking about and get sucked into the negative behavior of some people or something that is very discouraging. But if you instead, so I made it a point to focus on all of those teammates, all of those people in the community, all of those advisors, uh, potential investors who are backing me up as uh, a, you know, a founder, as uh, somebody who's trying to run a business and build something. I focus on the support that I'm getting, you know, from, from the same kind of, uh, you know people of um, uh, kind of same, um, say, color or gender. So on one hand, there is a a discriminatory behavior or a racist behavior, but on the other hand, I like to focus on people who are basically powering me. So that is very energizing and um, keeps me going. So I'd say focus on the positives and and keep going and don't let anything pull you down.
0: You know, empowering each other is key in these kinds of situations. Absolutely. So amidst COVID, you're still leading local trips in Pacific Northwest, and some of them, I believe, are also sold out trips. Now, what's the strategy behind, you know, leading such trips amidst the pandemic and how are you doing it successfully and what has been the community response in general? Yeah, for sure.
1: And in fact, when we
0: uh, rolled out, so we opened
1: our beta site in uh, February, towards the end of February, and we only had international trips. We did not have any local or domestic US trips. We only had international trips and we had our first trips uh, booked for Patagonia, for Peru, and for Costa Rica for March and April. We had to cancel it all. And that's when I was like, just looking at our the, it, what was happening in Asia, in China, we knew this was not going to go away anytime soon. So it's like, I'm not going to sit and wait for this to pass, right? So that's when we started... Um, Thinking about, um, and again, looking at Asia, we knew people will want to start traveling domestically before they're ready to do stuff internationally. So we started, we focused all our energies in designing and developing local trips. So we also did a survey of our community and it was very clear that is what people wanted. We got inputs in terms of what they were looking for, what budget, what their comfort levels were, and we used all that great input in designing exactly what they were looking for. And we spent two to three months doing that, finding the best operators, Finding the safe kind of accommodation options because we knew they won't become people won't be comfortable going to hotels. So we designed it in such a way that you could enable people to recreate in the wilderness while staying safe. So we designed those and we rolled out our, right after uh, the 4th of July weekend, we rolled out our local trips. And since then, um, every single weekend we've run trips and multiple trips on, uh, on several weekends. It truly really resonated with the people who were feeling cooped up, were really wanting to get outside, but were wanting safer options. So our trips are like you go to a cabin, which is like a private cabin. You're just with your family or your COVID circle. So we sort of tried to enable that and which really resonated. Um, we grew by over 100%. In our second month, we've sent over uh, seventy people on our trips in less than two months. Um, so yeah, it kind of uh, it kind of worked out well. And the strategy was also when we inter- we did not expect it was a-, a chance we took. We didn't expect it to be such a big um, success. The strategy behind it was to use the time. Um, you know, during COVID to still do something which was lower risk for people, like a smaller investment, a smaller time commitment, no, um, you know, flight uh, um, budget involves a smaller budget commitment that people would be willing to test something new out while giving us the opportunity to test out our systems, our processes, um, and that worked great while also obtaining reviews. Right. So building credibility. And all of that has actually worked pretty well so that when we're ready to roll out international trips, people will already have confidence in adventure trippers as somebody who's taken people out on trips and people have great things to talk about.
0: That's a great idea, because one thing that we've realized during this pandemic, sitting at homes is the value of human connection, engaging with people in the community. And I'm glad you have found the best ways with social distancing in terms of how you can create that human connection on an ongoing basis
1: yeah no absolutely and also connection with the with the outdoors right increasingly uh, people are still uncomfortable coming in touch with others. So we're trying to facilitate it in safe ways, such as you know, contactless, all everything is pre-booked. You do not come in touch with anybody. And we provide all kinds of guidance in terms of how to still stay socially distant. So they're also not just connecting with each other, but also who, you know, the group that they are with on their trip, but also connecting with the nature. I think that's a bigger part. And that is also helping a lot in dealing with. All that's going on, right? All those stresses that have come with COVID and now with wildfires here. I mean, that's a different story. We've like September is going to be a different story for us. We just canceled all of our trips for this weekend because of the wildfires and, and smoke to keep everybody um, safe.
0: Right. And that's what I was about to ask you next. You've been a boat trotter and having lived across three different continents, multiple cities, you're finally now in Seattle, Tell us the best part about Seattle and what's happening with the ongoing fires and, uh, you know, the way things have changed around you.
1: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I love <laughs> Seattle. Like I said, I've lived in so many different places and never thought I'd settle down in one place because I just love exploring and adventuring and, and immersing myself in places by living there rather than just traveling to places. Uh, but Seattle was a different story. When I moved here, um, I realized I, I was introduced to outdoors and um, I realized that there is... So many hikes and forests. There's the ocean, there's the desert, there's like everything, and within a couple hours or an hour's drive away. Um, And that was what I was completely (laughs) floored by. And I was like, this is the place I want to be in, at least for the next few years. (laughs) So that's Seattle. Yeah, uh, totally in love with uh, where I live. And I think during COVID, my thought constantly was I'd rather not be anywhere else during COVID, because I can still run around my block, and there's still so much beauty around me, right? Even in the city, there's so many city parks and trails that I can still go hit and go for a run. right now with wildfires it is just extremely unfortunate with with what's happening not just in washington but also all our neighboring states all the states in the west coast including oregon um, and california about 10 percent of people in oregon have been displaced they've lost their homes um, Five hundred thousand people right have uh, evacuated um, there's just so many acres hundreds of thousands of acres just burning. <laughs> so it's really heartbreaking, people losing their homes, people losing lives, um, people losing their businesses. So it's it's extremely heartbreaking. And sometimes when I read some of the news about what's happening, it's just it just makes me emotional because it's just... So right now is, and um, this particular weekend, our current, our present is we are engulfed in a cloud of smoke um, in Washington, which has moved up from Oregon and California, uh, which has made Seattle, which has like Amazing, you know, nature around you and the best quality of air. We are at the moment the, the most polluted city, which topped the charts for the most polluted city. That is the quality of air, unfortunately, because of all these wild, wildfires and and smoke. I'm really hoping things um, change soon, and that people also use this as a reality check for climate change and try to you know be more conscious and do something about it.
0: You know, issues like these, they give us a reality check, as you rightly pointed out, in terms of what are we doing to mother nature and how do we give back in a sustainable way? I think that's something that each one of us have to uh, introspect.
1: Yeah. And I think that
0: is another big reason why I'm a big proponent of
1: adventure travel and the biggest advocate of adventure travel, because it's it's far more sustainable than mass travel in in terms of in many ways. Right. Uh, If 70 percent of the income of mass travel goes to airlines and resorts and big hotels. Sixty six percent of the income from adventure travel goes to local economies. Secondly, people who who. want to enjoy adventure travel and the suppliers who provide adventure trips are far more conscious of preserving the environment because without which there will be no adventure travel. So they are a lot more conscious about sustainability, about preserving the environment, which is why I'm like a huge proponent of uh, of adventure travel.
0: We need more people like you, Preeti, who focus on adventure travel, which you know, helps us, you know, to connect with the nature, as you mentioned, yeah. but most importantly, helps in thriving the local communities, which are very crucial and are part of the fabric of the society. And hard
1: hit due to COVID. Um, yeah, they, they do need a lot of our support. The bigger companies will still get by, but it's the smaller local operators and guides who are amazing are the ones who need our support.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you. Now, let's talk a little bit about your love to climb volcanoes what have you learned from that journey as part of a leadership lesson that you can share with us
1: oh there is there's so much that you can learn from climbing mountains you know like one step at a time and this i can talk endlessly about it but my favorite part is you know the the preparation of getting ready for a mountain and especially as someone who's not you know in my 20s and fit and doesn't need to you know work out uh So I need to work. I had to, and I had a big journey to work on my fitness. Like I said, I was 60 pounds over after my son. uh, I stopped nursing him when he was one and I climbed Mount Rainier when he was two. So I gave myself that one year and the journey of preparing and getting yourself ready is what I enjoyed the most because that gets me disciplined and focused on myself and my health and my fitness, right, and makes me prioritize that because it's so easy to lose sight and focus of your yourself, your self-care, your health and fitness with, you know, when you have a startup and a toddler and, and a lot more going on. Um, so I like that journey. And I like the most is, um, you know, once you know when I've trained enough and I know I'm ready to climb a mountain, I train even harder because I want to be able to enjoy that journey right? I want to be able to uh, enjoy it without being out of breath. I want to be able to take pictures, right? So I always train harder. Like if if my peers, my teammates are doing uh, training hikes once to a certain mountain, I'll do it three times. So I just like to be, you know, over prepared so that I can enjoy the experience. And I use that in whatever I do. I don't know if it's good or bad, but it, I, that works for me. Like even with the startup, I just like to be prepared, do my research so that I'm not just getting things done and getting them done in a way that is extraordinary that's exceptional that's enjoyable so i think that is something i learned from um from climbing and training for for the volcanoes
0: i love that yeah. be acceptable and enjoyable at the same time which is something that you have to consciously train your mind and body yeah in yeah
1: otherwise um yeah i think you have to cross that, that that bar to to make it enjoyable otherwise it'll feel like it's a slog and you're just working hard towards it but you have to do it to a point that it, you're just enjoying it day in and day out and, and that's when it's more fun and it gets the best out of you i think
0: it's like enjoying your journey rather than just focusing on the destination right which we always keep hearing Absolutely. And maybe this is something I've learned from my past
1: two careers because this is my third career and I've learned it how important it is for me to have done well both my previous careers, but how important it is for me to enjoy what I'm doing. And that absolutely gets the best out of me. So,
0: yeah. Hey, kudos on that, Preeti. And I <laughs> wish you all the best as you continue to have that motto at the back of your mind. Thank you. really appreciate it. I really appreciate yeah. all your wishes. So, thank you. So what's next on your bucket list? What's Oh, in terms of travel, personally? Um, uh, both what's in your travel bucket or what's in your personal bucket?
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, and for me, it's always interconnected. <laughs> so I think I really would like to, um, uh, go for Patagonia and and Nepal. I haven't been to Nepal, so really Nepal, Ladakh, I want to explore those areas. And I've always picked up a new sport every two years. Um it it was squash in it was swimming in Singapore, squash in France, it was golf in London and I moved here to hiking and climbing. Next I want to pick up uh somewhere I got into cycling, next I want to pick up rock climbing and kayaking. So I'm like ready to pick up the next sport every couple of years. So most probably rock
0: climbing. Uh, next. Hey, rock climbing is super cool. I've done it indoors, but I wish you the very best when you're doing the actual rock climbing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm a sucker for views. (laughs) Get outside, get the views from the top. Yes. You know, that's the best part about being in the outdoors. You get to enjoy the real life moments that nature provides.
1: Yeah. And the fresh air. And it's just amazing for your mind. You come back and you feel completely refreshed and recharged. And it's just, yeah. I mean, There's no downside
0: to it that I have. (laughs) I'm yet to experience the downside of being outside in the wilderness, in the nature. You know, I agree. Some of my best moments in my travel journey have been like stargazing in the middle of the night with nothing around you, just in nature, in wilderness. We did that at Acadia National Park um, a couple of years ago. And then watching the sunrise in Cadillac Mountains, like that was the first time in my life that I've ever done something like that. So yeah it's beautiful rather than just watching it online you know I could just see it with my very own eyes and it's hard yeah. to capture it with photography
1: yes and you you feel that fresh air and yes it's it's just amazing
0: so that's a nice thing for us to advise us that we have a fun rapid fire round for you are you ready for it sure <laughs> so pre you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when i say the following and you can say <laughs> a bit more as well <laughs> Thanks, that's, that's helpful. Role model? Uh,
1: growing up, it was Indra Nooyi because there were so such few people on the, the world stage. But more recent years, it's been um, Rose Mercario, the ex-CEO um, of Patagonia for the stance she takes, um, the sustainable practices, I mean, I respect that brand and largely too. Um, uh, largely thanks to the the measures that Rose has taken in her leadership and the stance she takes in preserving our public lands, and that's something what I um, you know hope to be um, going forward. I hope to be like her and make that difference.
0: That's pretty amazing, and Indra Noe is my role model too. So yeah. yeah, she continues to inspire a lot of women like us going forward. Yeah, this was right when I was growing up and she was into finance as well. And I've been following her since
1: the time I was still in school and she was CFO of PepsiCo. And yes, always, yeah,
0: floored by her. That's awesome. And you know, one day my aspiration is to bring her onto the show and tell her how wonderful she is in terms of inspiring millions of women like us around the globe. Absolutely. Since the time we were kids. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know what? You're the... um, I think the fifth or the sixth guest on my podcast to say Indra Novi is the role model. You have to let her know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that on the show. Uh, so the next question for you, a country that you want to go on a photo expedition? Um, Antarctica. It's been on
1: my list forever. And maybe while I'm there, climb the, <laughs> the, the Winston Massif as well, which probably both can't happen at the same time. But anyways, we'll figure it out. Penguins are on the coast and then there's the mountain in the
0: mainland. We'll figure it out. But Antarctica is big on my list. That's awesome. Now, you have, you have multiple hats that you wear, be it as a traveler, as an adventurer, entrepreneur. If I may ask you, do you have a favorite that you can pick?
1: See, you have to give it to me for this
0: one, right? I have managed to combine all three. (laughs) My style
1: of travel is adventure travel. And uh, my passion for entrepreneurship is what I'm using to build Adventure Tripper, right? So all in one, it's Adventure Tripper. But if you were to sort of arm twist me into picking one, um, because the way I travel is adventure, the startup itself is an adventure. So I think adventure, if you're asking me to pick one, yes.
0: You know, adventure is the core of, you know, everything else that you're putting around it. Uh, you know what, I'm so glad you're doing things very well, uh, multitasking to the best. Thank you,
1: appreciate
0: it. What is your native language and one word to describe yourself in it? My native language is Hindi, <laughs> but I'm bad at it. I kind of
1: think in English, so you'll have to pardon me for that, and I, I feel bad about it, But and I don't even know if there's a word for this in Hindi, but in English, when somebody asks me to describe
0: myself, the word that comes to my mind is um, the underdog hey you're somebody who is very aspiring uh, Preeti. you have set goals for yourself as you continue to be a lifelong learner but at the same time you inspire a lot of you know other budding entrepreneurs and leaders who want to be the best in their lives so thank you so much for sharing your valuable insights and wisdom on career startup podcast do you have any parting thoughts on the future of travel being adventure travel and anything else that you want to share with our listeners today
1: Yeah, I think definitely the future of travel, I think absolutely is going to be adventure travel, because even before COVID, there was a trend towards adventure travel. If overall travel was growing at 12%, adventure travel was growing at 18%. With COVID, so many people, with their recreation options limited, so many people have been introduced to the outdoors, are experiencing the benefits of being outside in the nature, are acquiring gear. Like all the summer, paddle boards, kayaks, fishing lines are out of stock. Because that's what people are doing. They're getting introduced to outdoors. I think adventure travel is going to see such a boom. Uh, People are not going to be in um, crowded places anymore going forward. So I think we're on the cusp of a massive consumer boom towards um, adventure travel. And and, um, parting thoughts in terms of advice for other budding entrepreneurs is, I think, don't hold back. Go after your dreams. I think I waited for too long. Just go after your dreams. Uh, go for it. Give it a try. Don't want to be in a situation where you regret, regret later not having tried something your heart always wanted to do. So don't be afraid. Make the leap. Uh, worst case, you will come out of it having learned so much more. You'll come out a lot more wiser, but that experience is totally worth it. So it's like, go for it. Don't hold back.
0: Thank you so much, Preeti. So that was Preeti Suri, the CEO of Adventure Tripper, who focuses on giving real-life adventure experiences to people. Thank you so much, Preeti, for being on the show. And to our listeners, the three key takeaways with Preeti Suri, the CEO of Adventure Tripper, on a career-up startup podcast to spotlight Asian entrepreneurs. One, focus on the positives. As an Asian entrepreneur, you're gonna see trials and tribulations, but keep going forward. Two, support your local communities especially in these hard and challenging times, local communities form the fabric of society, and we need to make sure that the economy is still growing by supporting these local groups. Three, and the most important of all, be exceptional and enjoy. And how do you do this? By prioritizing your emotional well-being, your fitness, and your health. So thank you so much for joining us. Until another interesting episode with another interesting guest, this is your host, Priyanka Komla, signing off from Karib Startup Podcast a podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs, leaders who can inspire and advise us on being our best. Subscribe to our Career Startup podcast on YouTube and all our social media platforms and any other favorite podcast streaming platforms. Thank you and have a wonderful rest of the day.